Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. I love summer, but one thing I don't love is mozzies. Not that I know anyone who does. When you have kids, mozzies can be particularly nervous when sensitive skin reacts to the bites, getting those big red blotches. But this is Australia, and mozzies are probably the last thing that bites that we really need to worry about. Sarah Huntstead is a former emergency paediatrics nurse who is now the CEO of CPR Kids, an organisation that empowers parents with health and safety information. Hi, Sarah. Hello. So uh, I'm thinking here, I list off all the land stingers, biters, bloodsuckers that I know of, and uh, you can talk us through where we're likely to find them and what to do if someone gets stung. Fantastic. Start at the top of the list. We'll work our way down. Okay. So, uh, yeah, mozzies, they're everywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But but is there anything in particular that will attract mozzies? So when it comes to the mozzies, it's just thinking about when and where do they like to hang out? If, if, If you're a mozzie, you want to come out early in the morning and, you know, just around dusk as well, because, you know, that's when you're going to hang out with all your mates, buzzing around, best time and that's probably when we're out there having our afternoon or evening barbecue as well so you know your food source is there yes thinking about things around your home uh, that really will help stop the breeding of the mozzies is walk around your backyard what water do you have sitting around do you have pot plants you know that have got that water sitting in a dish you know have has is the dog bowl down the side of the house not being emptied in a while are the little wrigglers all in there so making sure that there's nowhere for them to breed around is really really helpful if you've got a pool, does that mean that you're going to get mozzies? I don't think so. I yeah. don't think so because I think they don't like the chemicals and stuff that are in the pool. Oh, right. But I don't 100% know. So if anybody else knows the answer out there, then they, they must tell know. us. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that it's that still stagnant water that they like rather than anything that's moving around. But when you are out there having your afternoon, early evening barbecue, One of the best things that you can do is, if you can, wear long sleeves um, and long pants, particularly if you're that person who always gets bitten. So, (laughs) in my family, it's my husband. He is just a magnet for the mozzies. If I, if I'm at a barbie, I'm going to go and sit next to him because I guarantee you they will not come near me because they're too busy feasting on him. (laughs) And there's no clear evidence as to say why mosquitoes um, prefer some people over others. Uh, There's um, some evidence that suggests that it may be uh, because of how we smelled mosquitoes, but really, not sure. And of course, you can always use those insect repellents too. But be cautious what you're using. Remember, those repellents that contain DEET and things like that, they're really not very good for you. Really, if you are in an area where mosquitoes are carrying diseases, and that's what you have to do to protect your children from those diseases, then of course, you're going to have a look at that. But otherwise, trying to use the more natural repellents um, are a really good idea. And the Royal Children's Hospital Melbourne have got a fantastic fact sheet on uh, insect repellents and children. So have a read of that one as well. 
Cool. Um, and something that, again, it depends on where you are in Australia, but some areas have a real problem with ticks, don't they? Oh, indeed they do. And the important thing is to understand that the way we remove ticks has changed. It used to be that, you know, you'd grab your tick tweezers, you'd get them behind the head and, you know, pull them out. You know, I know a lot of people like to put tea tree or peppermint oil or even a bit of caro or metho. <laughs> oh, <God>. It sounds <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it does. It kills them. But the problem is that all of this stuff makes them really cranky beforehand you can imagine if somebody poured some metho over you you get cranky as well the problem (laughs) the problem is is that when they do get cranky they actually inject more of their toxin containing saliva and there has been a huge increase in tick and mammalian meat allergy here in Australia. And so that's why now the recommendations to try and prevent these allergies is freeze, don't squeeze the ticks. So you want to get an ether containing spray or a freezing spray from your pharmacy. Um, Often they're used to remove warts. There's now tick specific ones out there as well. And you actually freeze the tick where it is and then it will just drop off on its own. So it's not getting cranky. It's not putting in, injecting more of that toxin-containing saliva. It's actually being frozen and then drops off, which is better for everyone. Does that hurt the recipient of the freezing at all? Because I know I've had dry ice before and it can really hurt. Well, you actually spray it um, about a centimetre above the tick and a really good place to go for a demonstration of this is that tiara website t-i-a-r-a so just google tiara ticks and it will take you um, and to the website and these guys are the gurus of tick and tick allergy and how to remove them and i must admit sacrificing for my craft here (laughs) i was filming (laughs) a video for the cpr kids youtube channel and i did draw a tick on my arm and demonstrate and yes it did hurt a bit um but i also felt that if there was a real tick there then that would have bore the brunt of the actual freezing spray rather than my skin God, for a moment there, I thought, oh my God, she used a real tick on her skin. Oh, no, I'm not that dedicated. (laughs) I'm still impressed with the dot. Um, Now, moving on to uh, the more deadly kind of uh, land biters, stingers that we again grow up hearing about uh, redbacks. Now, these guys get a little bit of a bad rap. I remember, um, you know, being about seven back in the, uh, oh, let's say early 90s. uh, (laughs) Why don't we do that? Yeah, we'll just just lie a little bit. Yeah, sure. (laughs) This is radio. You could say anything. Oh, excellent. Um, (laughs) And watching Neighbours. And it was the peak of the season where this redback had crawled onto the blanket and had bitten the baby. And this was, oh my my goodness, I remember the feeling of panic. And ever since I saw that, if I saw a redback spider, I thought I was going to die. But (laughs) luckily enough, really, unless the person is very young, so obviously children, Mm. or very old, so then redback spiders really don't do you too much harm apart from being quite painful. 
Now, it is still a medical emergency. Please call an ambulance if your child has been bitten by a redback or um, an elderly person has been bitten by a redback. Please do that. But what can happen is that there is usually immediate pain right where the red back is bitten it become red and swollen and what's really interesting is that sometimes not all the time but sometimes you see a big patch of sweat around the bite area right the pain can often be excruciating um the person can feel sick and you know you just feel pretty ordinary and of course, if you know you've been bitten by a redback and you are in an insane amount of pain, please seek medical help as well. That's really important. I'm not sure you can answer this question, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. If you're bitten by a spider, so let's just say you've got a, you haven't noticed a spider bite you, but you've you've got like little fang marks somewhere, mm-hmm. but you're not feeling any pain. Should we still? get something like that checked out? I mean, how do you know? Australia is so full of weird and wonderful (laughs) insects. Um, Most of the really deadly ones are sort of an immediate reaction. Um, Not always because it also depends on how much of their venom or toxins, you know, you've ended up with. There's so many variables there. So I think one of the most important things is where you are, Be aware of the types of creatures that are around you. So, I mean, for example, if uh, you are in, I'm going to pick a random place here. If you're in Bondi and you're bitten by a spider, a big spider, it's it's less likely that it's going to be a funnel web than if you live, for example, in uh, Taramara or the Blue Mountains. If you were bitten by a big black spider there, uh, I would be very, very concerned that that could be a funnel web spider, which of course is a medical emergency. So be aware with what you've got around you. Um, if your child is bitten by something, you don't know what it is, always err on the side of caution and seek medical help. If they seem fine, it might just be ringing, you know, Health Direct or a telephone advice line that's in your state. But if they are unwell, then of course, if it's anything to do with their breathing or their conscious state, you are calling an ambulance immediately. Is it just me or are you sort of feeling like you've got creepy crawlers all over you right now? Oh, if you could see me, I have been scratching myself, especially after the ticks. And that's one thing you shouldn't do. Never, ever, ever scratch if you've got a tick. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I feel like I might need a shower after this. I reckon we, I reckon we both might. With funnel webs, you just mentioned that there are parts of Australia that where they're most likely to be. With both redbacks and funnel webs, do they hide in particular areas? I mean, you know, you hear stories about redback redbacks being underneath toilet seats when we used to have dunnies most of us don't have dunnies anymore but um, are there particular places where those two spiders can exist yeah, absolutely so those the, the redbacks for example um, I live five kilometers from the city and my house is covered in them they like to live on my front porch they kind of, uh, they go, you know, in between where the bikes are and if somebody's dumped something on the front porch, for example, one of the kids has left something there, they'll go and make a little 
web under there. But it's interesting that redback spiders, they actually uh, run little these things called tripwires. So they're these long bits of web that kind of go around where they're hanging out. So I've learned when I see these little tripwires that I know that there are redbacks around. I haven't seen any inside my house, but they are all around the outside of it. So that's why... I'm never coming to visit you. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying you'd invite me, Sarah, but just saying. I'd always invite you, Siobhan. (laughs) But you'd have to walk over the redbacks to get into my house. Oh, my word. And funnel webs, do they bury themselves in sand or dirt, that sort of thing? Oh, these, I'll tell you what, funnel webs, as much as they creep me out, all respect to them. These guys (laughs) are versatile. Generally, they're around eastern and southeastern Australia. They hang out in their little, I don't know if this is the right word, so any spider experts out there, forgive me. They hang out in their burrows, holes that might, you know, run through lawn or through, you know, your garden area out in the bush. Um, but the, they do like to come out and search for mates and when it has been raining, it can flood their burrows as well. So they like to come out and hunt around. But the reason why I do salute these creatures is that they can live underwater. So I have a friend. I know, I know. I have a friend who lives in the Sydney suburb called Pimble and we went round there for a barbecue and as the kids know, we're about to jump in the pool and I'm from Victoria, remember, so, you know, I, I, I didn't know about this kind of stuff. I had this, stop, have you checked for funnel webs? Oh my and I room. looked at her, I'm like, what? <laughs> she said, check the pool for funnel webs. And so I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, absolutely. At least once a week we're scooping one or two funnel webs out from the bottom of the pool. They put an air sac over themselves and they stay there. Can you imagine? Oh, oh, God. So there you go. Check your pool for funnel webs if you're in a funnel web area. Oh, my word. Okay, look, let's let's bring my blood pressure down and move on to something that maybe this will bring it down. I might put it back up again. Uh, something I have noticed uh, around where I live, and that's in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and southeastern suburbs of Sydney, we are constantly finding wasp nests around the house, uh, calling the real estate, trying to get rid of them. But never been stung by one but have been terrified that the children might get stung by one. Um, What do you know about wasps? So there are lots of different types of wasps. Certainly some of them are are more painful than others. Uh, At my house, as well as the redbacks, we have paper wasps that are everywhere and they just build their little nests and, you know, we leave them alone. If we leave them alone, they leave us alone. I did get stung by one the other day purely because I reached it down to pick up a shoe and it was hanging out on the shoe and I didn't see it, so I thought I was going to squish it. So fair enough, you know. I I would have stung me too, really. (laughs) you know it was it it was painful but it was okay it was you know it was bearable um but when it comes to other types of wasps what you really and this goes for bees and bull ants and as well is that generally you're going to be okay you might end up with a red area wash it under some you know warm soapy water apply a cold pack over the top um, for pain relief if needed but thing we've got to look out for is of course a allergic reaction 
or anaphylaxis, they're the things that are really concerning. And that's obviously if it's anaphylaxis, you need to call an ambulance immediately. And if the person um, has known anaphylaxis to any of these creatures, make sure that you follow the action plan and administer their adrenaline injector. Really, really important. And what about the stinger? I mean, do all those three, you mentioned they're wasps, bees, bull ants. I know that both wasps and bees will have stingers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about bull ants. Do, do we try to get the stinger out? So interestingly, the wasps keep their stinger, so they can repeatedly ah. sting you. Oh, great. But the, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, wasps. <laughs> <laughs> See, another creature that's got it sorted. But when it comes to the bees, they're the ones who die, so they leave the stinger in. Now, the preference is to remove uh, the sting by scraping it to the side. What that does is that if you uh, pull it out, you can often squeeze the venom sac and actually um, end up introducing more venom. So the idea is the preference, scrape to the side, use a fingernail, use, I don't know, you know, a credit card or something that you can mm. just scrape it to the side with. And if you can't do that, then just remove it as quickly as possible. I remember going to my cousin's wedding in the country and wearing some kind of sandaly footwear and being stung by a bull ant and boy it, it hurt. I know there are lots of different types of bull ants, but how do you treat that kind of sting? So that could, that can be so painful. Oh man, I was such a worst. painful. Oh no, just awful. So it's the same again. So washing it off when you can and administering uh, some pain relief such as paracetamol or ibuprofen for the pain if needed. And applying a cold pack can be really useful. But when I talk about cold packs, one that's straight out of the fridge. All good, you can put that directly on the skin. But if you're using ice or the frozen peas, just make sure you wrap it in a tea towel or some toweling or something before you pop it on the skin. So it's all about the pain relief. But once again, there are certain ants such as jack jumper ants that can cause, well, any creature can cause an allergic reaction, but these guys seem to really irritate people that if the person is having an allergic reaction, anaphylaxis, seek urgent medical help. And follow their action plan if they've got one. You know what I forgot to ask you, but I think it's very important that I end on this one. How do we treat mozzie bites? Because, you know, back in our day, we were just like lathered in calamine lotion, which I don't seem to have anymore. Although it was very, it's very reassuring smell. Um, (laughs) What's the best way? Because especially little kids, I know when my son was very young, a mosquito bite could blow up to the size of like a 20 cent piece. Mm. Absolutely. Some kids are more reactive than others as well. And my daughter was the same. If she got stung by a mozzie, uh, you could guarantee she'd end up with a golf ball size swelling. And that's where the prevention really comes in. But once again, with the mozzie bites, giving it a wash and that magic cream from the pharmacy that stops it being itchy is really important because what we don't want is the kids to start scratching it with all of those lovely, you know, germs under their fingernails and it actually getting infected. So that's what we don't want. But if your child actually does have quite a large swelling, particularly if it's around the eye as well, so those mossy bites on the face, they can cause a few issues. If there is a large swelling there, make sure you go and see your GP. Yeah, okay. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for (laughs) such a delightful conversation, but an important one, let's be honest. Thank you. 
Oh, it's always my pleasure to talk about creepy crawlies. <laughs> That's Sarah Huntstead from CPR Kids, and we'll put links to the CPR Kids website in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.